Yeah, it's time for another Extra Bases with Bristol and Booth. And Jeremy, as we record this on a Wednesday night, it appears that the international draft or a international draft, a pro- proposed international draft, is is what's holding this up, this, this, this possibility of a collective bargaining agreement. Are you surprised that this has become the main issue or... Is it really not the issue and Major League Baseball is pretending that it is the issue? It's, it's not the issue. It is an issue. And, and look, Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball um, have consistently said as far back as five, six years ago with my own ears, I heard Commissioner Manfred say that he wanted an international draft because he wanted a consistent entry point of, of labor and one set of labor laws. The problem you have with that is that not all countries out there play by the same labor rules, right? So you've got the Dominican Republic, which everybody thinks international, that's what they think, right? We're, what about Europe? What about Mexico? What about uh, Japan? You know, in some of these places, they have their own major leagues, like Mexico has theirs and Japan has theirs. So it's not as simple as um, we want to have a, a unified a, a unified entry point in Major League Baseball, everybody's got to play by our rules. You're dealing with governments, you're dealing with a lot of other hurdles beyond that that I'm sure they would be able to work through, but the commissioner is trying for that reason as a chief reason to make that happen. Now, part two of that, there is an unbelievable amount of corruption in, in, in the international market. And, um, you know, as somebody who operates, you know, events through our foundation, right, through the new, and with the New Balance stuff, you know, our New Balance is global initiative. We do events in these other countries. We've worked with international players and um, we do it legally. And there are people who do it legally. And then there are people who don't. And then there are people on these major league club side that cut deals with trainers to take money, cut the kid out of the money, and, the, and they're signing these kids and they're defrauding the organization and they're defrauding the kid and the agent. So um, there's a lot of corruption there that major league baseball would like to clear up, but a draft's not going to do that. It's just going to put people in a more of a hard slotting system and they're going to still cut the same deals and take the same players. See, I, I don't. I'm actually surprised that Major League Baseball is entering this space. Well, let me rephrase that. I'm surprised that the Players Association is entering this space because I totally get why baseball wants an international draft. It's to curb bonuses. I mean, that's in many. That's not the reason why they would want to do it. To me, I mean, when you've got. I think it really is an, a consistent labor system, which on the surface makes sense. I mean, Rob Manford and Dan Halem are, are former labor veterans, right? I mean, that's where they came from. Um, do I think the draft keeps bonuses down? Uh, yeah, amateur draft, uh, domestic draft, pick a draft. Like it's, it's all designed to limit the player's options and as such limits his money, right, or her money, um, if, it's, if it's a WNBA or something like that. So when it comes to, to that point, I think you're right. I think this particular situation – is about control and about Major League Baseball not allowing, uh, in their mind, trainers and clubs who are being dishonest <clears throat> to continue those practices. But if you think about that, and you're a scouting director, let's say you're you're um, you're dishonest, and I'm a trainer, and you're a scouting director. Hey, Jason, I got this kid over here, and he's X amount of money. And you know what? There are four other kids behind them that aren't really all that good. But you want this one, you take all five of these guys, you pay them X, I get 40% of that, and I'll give you 20 back. Happens all the time. 
No, I know it does, but I still don't believe. I mean, they can say that, but Jeremy, it's just like they said with the minor leagues. We're trying to make it better for the players. And Jeremy, they've been down this route before. 1987, Puerto Ricans, guy named Ramser Correa, pitcher, brewer, signed for an immense amount of money. Juan Nieves. And what do they do? They then subject Puerto Ricans to the draft. There is this rat race to get all these guys. And I have to believe that ultimately that's what it comes down to. Why? I mean, if you have a draft, then you've got a slotting system and you're not paying these kids. And yes, I know that they've got the international bonus pool and I've got, I, I understand all that, but still you, you, you subject kids to a draft. Um, they're going to have a slotting system. And my guess is they would be able to cut bonuses by 50% or more. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with any of that. I think that's definitely part of it. I just think there are legitimate reasons beyond that, that they're thinking about doing it. It doesn't mean it's going to help, right? It, on the surface, a consistent entry point does make sense. Two, on a, on a bigger scale, something that was brought up in, in other discussions is that with many people, uh, and I even referenced it in, in, in this uh, in, in our podcast earlier, about five, five minutes ago, if you are thinking international draft, everybody thinks of Dominican. And so when you think about the Dominican, it really means you're forgetting about everybody else. And international draft means global. It doesn't mean just one area. So if you have that many more countries to pull from and that many more people, why are we limiting the money to what we're limiting to, limiting to now, right? Well, additionally, David Ortiz came out and had some pretty valid points. He said, look, um, you know, to, not to put too fine a point on it, we don't want to stop the economy down here. We don't want kids to stop from dreaming that they can be me or any number of Dominican stars. And you know, Puerto Rico took a while to to recover from baseball after they put the draft in. Kids went and started playing basketball and and started doing music and reggaeton and volleyball. And, and found, yeah, volleyball found other things to do. Um, and, and and I don't think that a draft is a horrible idea, but I don't think the way MLB wants to do it is a good idea. I do want to say this point, um, and, and I'm saying this as directly as I can, and I know people are going to hear this, and I want you to hear it because I, I I know who, who I'm talking to when I say this. Um, this is not a club issue, what I'm about to mention, okay? But you referenced something a, a minute ago. You said that MLB says it's about the players, whether it's minor leagues or whatever. Anytime, if you have to say it's about the players to make sure everybody knows you think it's about the players, it's not about the players, okay? You just let, let it happen and people go, wow, that's about the players, Right. It's like the stuff we do on a, obviously is a much different scale, um, but we do it for players, but we also do it for the game. Like I don't hide that it's a it's it's something that happens across the board for everybody and benefits the group as a collective. Um, Major League Baseball is real big on saying, "Oh, it's about the kids, it's about the players." Is it? Because if it is, everybody knows it. And you don't have to say it, right? So you know, let, let's let's stop pretending. That Major League Baseball, as a as a uh, commissioner's office, cares about anything other than how much of a cut they're getting or what. And I don't care where it's coming from. They would take uh, they would take a cut of every single penny out there you could find, even the one that's lying in the street. They'd be like, "Hey, there's a penny lying in the street. Is that yours? I want half." You know, I mean, it's it's it's, it's a it's divorce court with them. I want half of everything. What did you just buy a car? I want half of that car. Oh, did you just get a house? That's half. I want half of that. That's how they are. They don't. They don't really have any um, um, any any sense of what it means to earn your money if you're not them. And I say that knowing full well 
that somebody in the commissioner's office is going to hear that because what what those people are doing is evil. They are doing it evil evil to their own players. They do it to people around the game. They do it to the way they treated their scouting and development staffs time in and time out, only to be proven wrong, by the way, after all this time. And even the guys that we got rid of, people we got rid of, maybe they had a clue, right? I know it's got to be deeper than hit strikes hard. I know we got to go deeper than that. So we're, we're, we're in a situation where we continue to prove these guys wrong and um, and, and they keep saying, I want more, I want more, I want more. Uh, I, you know, it, they're, they're, it's not a good sense of people right now in that office. And, and you're seeing that at full force. I do find it encouraging, though, that the Players Association is concerned about the future of the game and these amateur prospects because, let's be honest, the Players Association in the past has shown very little regard, I would guess, that maybe that's not maybe that sounds a bit too strong, but really they've they've they haven't really had or or I guess inserted themselves into much of the discussion when it came to this entry into professional baseball and and of course even in the minor leagues um, and the and the prospects who are coming up. So I do find that encouraging from a from a future of baseball type standpoint. Um, we've talked about how many of the minor leaguers who are sometimes fringe guys that get released, those are your future college coaches. A lot of those guys might not be in professional baseball anymore. And, and I don't know if, if the Players Association really spoke up much about that. So I, I do find that this is encouraging. Um, I think when you look at the overall big picture about development and, and growing the game. Yes or I no? Think, well, yeah, I, I think the union, uh, you know, in, in many ways is like any other union. It's hard to think about people who aren't part of your membership, right? Um, in this particular case, you have a wide base of people that are consistently trying to be part of your membership. And so um, to make the conditions better for them, to keep the flow into the game, what really happened was the game started changing as far as how it was evaluating how it was coaches. Coach, I mean, the same people that you just mentioned – um, who became your college coaches or your, uh, you know, your scouts or, or whatever. I mean, now we don't even value those people. We're just getting people out of the Holiday Inn Express every night to go ahead and scout players. I and mean, we're not we're not focused on, you know, this, the, the guys, the, the people that have put their time in and blood, sweat and tears. It's like, you know, that, that commercial, right? It's like, are you a doctor? No. I stayed at Holiday Inn Express last night. Are you are you a scout? No. But I hit strikes hard. Oh! So, I mean, that's that's kind of what, what they're doing. So they don't, they don't care. It's good to see the union uh, think about these as bargaining chips to make it better all the way around, because that's what it is. And if you're a minor league player or you're an amateur player, understand that at some point you hope to have an opportunity to be in their shoes and you have the same obligation to do it for the next people that come behind you. And on this Wednesday night, Max Scherzer tweeting, I was in Florida. We never offered the international draft. We did discuss it, but MLB told us they were not going to offer anything for it. At that point, we informed all players and agreed to no draft. This is Major League Baseball muddying the waters and deflecting blame. Fans, please hang in there with us. That is from Max Scherzer, who has been in the negotiating rooms down in Florida. Yeah, not only has he been there, the Associated Press thought it was cool to talk about what kind of car he was driving. Right. I mean, it's, it's you know, it was a Porsche. It was a Porsche. You know, and like like, you know, Manfred got there on a motor scooter. You know what I mean? Like what, what what was you know, actually, I heard a true story. I heard Manfred got there on horseback. You know, I mean, it was like it's it's unbelievable to, to see what we're doing. And you can tell who's um, 
who's 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 biased, who's not biased, who's open, who's open minded, who's it's it's amazing to see how this thing has played out. Um, there's a couple of reporters who remain nameless in international media. Oh my goodness! Like put it down, put it down, and walk away. You know, and, and stop, um, <clears throat> stop smooching up to people. How's that? Did I say that? Stop smooching up to people and just do your job. Do your job like that. Who used to say that? Do your job. Like that's not your job. Your job is to report the news, not give a spin, not try. Because these same people that you guys spinning against are going to come back to you at some point and be like, "Hey, remember when I? I mean, I almost said the name. I almost said the name. I'm not going to say it. I almost said it. And be like, "Hey, man, we need to make sure that you are being like open and honest with everybody. Hey, man, why are we not doing that? Why are you leaning one side? You can't do that. You got to be what." Uh, with Jason Bristol and Jeremy Boothar, that's right down the middle. We try to be. Yeah, unless we're talking about Jeff Luno, because, you know, I can't do it. Yeah, that's you. You know, it's <laughs> funny you brought up um, the Muppets, the Muppet yeah. gang, because, of course, a big, uh, a big article that has been shared a lot uh, around Houston and Houston baseball fans comes from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. The title is certainly clickbait. Looking to place blame for the MLB lockout? You can start with the Houston Astros. The lockout did not start with Manfred telling the owners what to do. This started with a specific group of high-level baseball people telling Manfred it was time to restructure MLB's expense sheet. And while the title is certainly clickbait, a lot of the things that were mentioned in this opinion, this op-ed, are what this podcast has been saying well what one person on this podcast has been saying since its inception which i believe is now year number five now jeremy i don't have you on uh, gallery view so now you can do what you were doing now people mm -hmm, yeah so i don't i don't think the uh certainly the article the uh, op-ed the title was clickbait but very much what's inside that makes a lot of sense to the four ears that are recording this podcast because it has been mentioned many, many times in this space. I'm, um, I think Jason, I should go, uh, I should shut it down in baseball and go be a golf analyst. I think, I think that's what it should be because you know why? Cause I never get any information or have any kind of clue. I'm just some bitter man. I'm just so salty. Like I actually went to the store and I bought some salt today and I thought about just holding it up on camera next to my face. Like, this is just me. What the, the reality is, is very, it, it's clear. I mean, Jeff Luno and the Astros brain trust McKinsey, right? McKinsey. That's the, yeah. It, the way they treated their organization spread everywhere else. And, and the, and the commissioner is, is bound to work for the owners. He doesn't work for the players. He works for the owners. Um, if you get a bunch of people in the room that don't like baseball, who are making a lot of money and only see the money coming back to them rather than the baseball, they don't care about the fans, they don't care about the people. And they'll all argue it. They'll 100% argue it, right? Um, it's to the point where they're passing rules to prevent a certain owner that might be located in the Northeast right now from spending a lot of money by trying to raise all these things for him to have him be penalized so they can't keep up. Like, why? Like, when did that become a problem? Like, now you don't want somebody to spend because you don't want to? Like, I don't get it. Jeremy, um, it's always been a problem. These labor disputes from the beginning of time have always been about 
owners trying to implement systems which save them from themselves. Understood. But if you're okay. Jim Crane, why do you try? Why do you care about Steve Cohen? Like it's not like you're broke. Being broke, you're the seventh biggest. What, are we seven, six? We're way up there. Sit five, biggest, one of the biggest cities in the country. You got money. You got fan base. You got people who are hungry for championships and people who compete night in and night out. They pull for this team in the worst possible times. Like, what is your? And I'm not saying Crane's against it. I'm saying, what is your problem? Like, what's your? Like, go ahead and compete. Like, it's not a small market town. Um, so the Rays, I, I, feel, I think the Rays, they compete, right? They find ways around it. Yeah, well, the Rays. The Rays went ahead and hired the guy that Jeff Luno fired. I don't know. What was his name? Um, did a good job in Milwaukee. Did, well, you know, he drafted a lot of the guys. It rhymes, with, uh, it rhymes with that thing that's around your pool. Uh, starts with a D, a deck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good one. Yeah, that would be uh, Robert Humphrey Heck. Okay. Now, I don't know if Humphrey's his middle name. I don't know. What I do know is that he has to, he has done so much. The Rays were like, yeah, you know what? We're going to go ahead and take that. And we're going to bring that over here and we're going to be better than you. And guess what happened a decade later? Because it's been a decade. Like it's been a decade. His last draft pick was 2012 in Houston. That was his last draft. It was Correa and McCullers. It's actually been 10 years. It's been in Tampa Bay ever since then, right? So, and look how good they've done. So look, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, which is a horrible saying, but it fits right now. This is going to get done they're going to be about a month behind, just like I told you they were going to be, or a couple of weeks behind, like I told you. They'll get done by Friday. They'll report spring training sometime next week, you know, and, and they'll start playing second, third week of April. That's what's going to happen. You think it'll be done by Friday? Yeah, I think it's going to be done by Friday because, you know, when they left Florida last week, it was like, oh, we're no, no plan talks. And they started talking immediately. You know, it's in both sides' best interest to get it done. The question is going to be, and you can tell the owners are starting to feel it, that the players may push and that resolve because they're starting to come up substantially. The owners are starting to come up substantially. However, that was kind of the plan the whole time. We talked about that. Get to a certain point where they kind of recoup their losses from the pandemic, right, without losing any money, and then go back and hit the players' demands and get on the field. So I, I feel like this is going to wrap up by Friday. Um, it's funny after you and I talked earlier today and I said end of the week, I saw people on T on uh, on Twitter saying end of the week. And I was like, you guys just you're killing me. You're late. But, you know, we know we'll just keep that to ourselves. Um, it's just in everybody's best interest to get back out there. Uh, and I think, you know, I think both sides recognize there may be some damage done if it doesn't happen soon. All right. So this is a abbreviated version of the Extra Bases podcast, because one of us can go hang out the other one has to prepare for the 10 p.m news and right now we are 31 minutes away from that time so for jeremy i'm jason everyone thanks for listening to the extra basis podcast